1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the GAR. My name is Lee Costello and I'm delighted to be joined by Niall McIntyre as always. Niall, it's a big weekend for the Hurling, so we're going to see if you can keep up with me.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough job, I think, Lee. Uh, I, I know you were busy at the weekend watching all four Hurling games and between TG Cahir and, and RTE, so uh, I'm going to be put through my pace here today.
1: Absolutely. Um, another person that was busy was the sniper. He was out in full force. Uh, hamstring injuries galore. I know there's lots of games and stuff to talk about, but this is a bit of a, an anomaly nearly. Uh, Jake Morris, Brian O'Mara, Stephen Bennett and Robbie O'Flynn all struck down. Struck down by
0: the, the hamstring sniper up in the Stanley. Uh, Liam Cahill called it the, the dreaded hamstring in, on TG Cahill after the match. And that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Like it's... It's kind of the injury that can... I know a lot of injuries can come from nowhere, but the hamstring especially. It yeah. could be going at top speed and it just takes you down. Like, we know it did it to to Robbie O'Flynn. And he's probably the one that you, you feel most um, sorry for. Do you know? Because um, he pulled that hamstring last year in May in the Munster Championship when uh, Cork and Tipperary drew. Just as he was scoring a goal against Tip, um, kept him out for five months, Uh, He came back for his club, only got back for the county final to come on as a sub uh, in October, Uh, made his first start last weekend against Clare, just after scoring a point here against Mm -hmm. Kilkenny. and it goes again. And he had surgery on that hamstring last year, like so...
1: Did they even confirm if it's the same hamstring? Because quite often, you know, when you have surgery, you overcompensate the other leg and then...
0: Yeah, Pat Ryan said that's disappointing for Robbie. Uh, obviously, after his injury last year, he had to go for an operation. He's very disappointed, but we'll give him the best of care and treatment and hopefully he won't be out for too long. Um, it doesn't seem that bad. He was able to walk off, but it was still disappointing. You'd imagine it was the same hamstring yeah, going yeah. off that. Um you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's the speedsters, isn't it? The hamstring mm-hmm. gets, like James, Jake Morris is, would be similar for for Tipperary, like. And um, yeah, Robbie O'Flynn, like that's just. Oh, it's what it look, does you, know, you
1: mentally, isn't it? It's not
0: even, uh, you know, the way a cruise, you, you know, you're gone and you're yeah. gone for nine months and you come back and you can maybe after a few games, you can kind of forget about it. Like, Robbie O'Flynn has pulled the hamstring a good few times now. Yeah. Like, and that is just... It's
1: just just—it's just in the back of his it's head, probably, every head. game, yeah. It's yeah. its
0: tough. It's its it's one of it? the toughest. I've never had a few kind of tweaks and... Yeah. Um, some people call them the headstring injuries. I'd say that's what I've had.
1: Oh, yeah. You can't trick yourself into thinking you yeah. had it, yeah. But, um, touch wood. Touch wood, yeah. No, yeah. no. Hopefully, no hamstring injuries for the GAR boys. Yeah. But uh, for, the, for,
0: for the four of them to get it is... Um, yeah is mad enough and like, I just know if Jake Morris, Brian O'Mara, Stephen Bennett or Robbie O'Flynn were playing Fitzgibbon, wouldn't everyone be saying that should they play the match midweek?
1: Yeah, too much hurling. It was, maybe these it, boys it aren't was, playing enough hurling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that could be. Um, but um It is, it is
1: scary though, I know you can put it down to conditions, the time of year, they're maybe doing a lot of heavy work as well, you know, trying to get yeah. males in the bank or whatever, but so are all the clubs and the lesser fellas and teams mm. without the facilities and physios and, and the know-how you know it just sort of makes you think God how how
0: does anyone get through this period it's a big yeah it's a surprise like that so many lads um did the hamstrings like uh, and you know they're going like as we all know it so runs off so quick now mm. the season that like they could, they miss a few league games anyway. Depending on how bad it is, yeah, it could be four, or five weeks. Could be six weeks. You don't really know, like so.
1: And then you got to integrate them back in. Yeah, and are they at match pace?
0: Are they at match pace? And you know, Davy Fitzgerald and Liam Cahill were both talking about it, and they were kind of saying the same things. You know, um, we've done quite a bit of work through the month of January. This is Liam Cahill in February, and we're hopeful the boys won't be on the sidelines for too long. Obviously, Stephen Bennett. Like Davy said earlier this year, we all know about the hip problems that he has that this could even be his last year hurling um for, for Waterford apparently. He's had three hip operations by the time he was twenty or or something like this, like but that that's obviously linked a bit to the to the hamstrings like, yeah. and and he went down, he had a few injuries last year and Davy said something similar, Do you know, like he wanted to get the run of games in this year to kind of get up to speed. So not ideal for him, like, and it caught him walking off the field after the game. And, you know, he had a proper limp, like, so. Yeah. Um, you just don't know what the, yeah. the hammers.
1: No, your heart goes out to them, for sure. Um, into the game itself. And don't worry, we're going to get to the rant. But we'll talk a little bit about the game first. Um, now, you'd build up this up to me, hurling in general. You don't get boring games in hurling. Uh, and that's why it's always so much better in football but I was 20 minutes into this game and I was like I'm going to slap that now boy because yeah. <laughs> this was pretty hard to watch now it does pick up thank God
0: yeah like it was it was terrible really uh, so so boring wasn't it <laughs>
1: yeah I was half asleep
0: <laughs> like Cork had two points by the time 22 minutes were played yeah. Um only one of them from play I think one of them from play uh, like anywhere on top like what it was just it was so Cork where like often you give out and the criticism that's leveled at Cork is that they you know dilly dally and mess around with the ball a bit too much Mm -hmm. and they don't let it in fast to the forwards and because of that the forwards aren't moving because they know they're not going to get the ball Mm -hmm. and they're messing around with the ball and you know I suppose the problem for them in the first 20 minutes of this game was that the short passes weren't going to hand, and they were dropping them, and Kilkenny were just picking them off and getting scores. And as well as that, they were running straight through the middle, and there seemed to be no Cork people there to to stop them. Like so, it's hard to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I felt like I was watching football. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a close one. Um, but like Cork, Cork did bring it back. To be fair, you know, uh, just before half time, they started to make a game of it, and then they. Um, you know, there were stages where you thought they were they're actually gonna win the game in the end. But that that's sort of always in Cork's makeup that uh you know, they're just never too far away, are they? Like and they're and they're always dangerous. You could players like Patrick Organ and um I was gonna say Shane Kingston, I don't think he actually got on the score. She'd always keep an eye out for him.
0: Yeah, he had one of his uh definitely one of his poor games that got a few chances and just was never able to get going. And um I suppose that's kind of a thing that's leveled at him a good bit as well, is that he's brilliant when he comes off the bench and then sometimes when he starts he doesn't look it's very early in the in the season like um and we, everyone has a, has a bad day but um yeah sure like it was it looked it looked like it was going to be a bit of a hammer and then cork got their their lifeline just before half time from mm-hmm. Conor O'Callaghan, who's one of the, their newer players he he scored a brilliant goal mm-hmm. um actually finished it lovely as well there was a fender coming to him and you know when you're running in from, from the wing, the goalie kind of expects to go to the far side. Yeah, he went to the near side and kind of caught Owen Murphy out there. So yeah. um, that gave them the bit of the lifeline then. And then
1: and it got the crowd up again because they
0: were just exactly. subdued, completely. Like yeah. there was there were sixteen thousand people at the game, but it was it was the atmosphere was just, like it was dead, wasn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, at that stage definitely. Yeah, um, but it did it sort of sparked it into life. And then um, we, we we had a game to watch at least. But uh, how much of that too is Like, are you going to, like, credit to Kilkenny and just how well prepared they were?
0: Well, I suppose, like, they were hurling well and Kilkenny, they're always, they're always decent. Like, you know, they're never going to be too bad. And when Cork were struggling, there's no better team to punish them and pick them off. And I suppose Adrian Mullen was was the man of the match on the day. And I just think he's the, he's the, I'd say he's probably the most accurate shooter in, in Hurling, to be honest, like, um... Left or right, he got five points at the weekend and four of them off the left. His left is just unbelievable. He can score he can off the back foot, over the shoulder, standing up. The very first point he got was from his own forty five. Um he scored on the second, from the wing, off the right, when he had time to turn on to his left leg. So it just shows how versatile he is off both sides. Um just an unbelievable shooter, like. Give him a chance and, and he'll he'll probably finish. And Lads like him were were punishing were punishing Cork then, so um, yeah. Um, but then in the second half, it was nearly the, the opposite. Like, and yeah. it's funny if if Cork were doing what um, Kilkenny were doing in the second half, everyone would be giving out about Cork, and this is typical Cork, and they're messing around with the ball and they won't just let it in. And this is what Kilkenny were doing; like they were caught out a good few times Mikey Butler was caught come trying to hit a short pass that wasn't on mm. coming out of defence straight over the bar uh, Owen Murphy was caught with a few sharp poke outs like and they kind of got into that malaise that Cork were in, were in in the first half and that's when it looked like Cork were going to win
1: yeah um, but they didn't win in the end that's two defeats now for Cork I know they kind of see a face with the comeback and, and the way they, they they were able to rally but like you know is, is it concerning times for Cork
0: Probably is a a little bit like um, like Donal Cusack. I know we're going to get on to him. He's not too concerned. He said Pat Ryan could win the next ten leagues, and it it won't matter. And Jackie Terrell wasn't really buying that one. No, he was saying "Ah, I could do a league, like you know. um, But like it it would be, it would be concerned. Like they've lost to Clare and they've lost to Kilkenny at home, and you know they obviously lost a tight game. to Limerick last year that knocked him out of the Monster Championship. Every team wants to win these tight games.
1: Yeah, but that's they're they're always losing tight games. You know, they're always there, there bouts, They're always um getting really close, to it, but they just seem to always fall short, you know, just right at the I don't know, that last hurdle or whatever. Like what what is it the corker missing? Is that a mentality thing?
0: Um I'm not sure is it um a mentality thing? Like I think like what it is it's not ideal to have lost the first two league games. Like it's not as if they've been they haven't been terrible and there is yeah. probably a lot of positive signs that they can take from it. Um as well. One of them is definitely um Sean Toomey, who was playing wing forward. And I suppose he's just not your typical kind of cork player in that he's very direct. He he's a left hander first of all, so a little bit unorthodox that way, he holds the hurl in the left hand. Um Very direct, very strong, probably not known hugely as a scorer, but, um, you know, loves to get stuck in and loves the battle and, you know, had a great battle at the weekend, won a lot of... um, Christy O'Connor actually had a stat in the Irish Examiner that he directly um, set up um, 1-8 in the direct assist for 1-8 in the last two games. So, you know, that just shows his... Like he'll obviously be a huge positive mm. because that is the thing that they say about Cork is that the too many of the kind of the same hurlers who you know are all brilliant stick men and will pass the ball around, but you you probably want someone who's just going to drive straight through the heart of of a defence like yeah. and and he he definitely does that and that's why the loss of Robbie O'Flynn it would be such a, a blow for them and was such a blow for them last year too because that's what he does he just. He's one of my favourite players to watch because he just goes when he gets the ball, takes, doesn't matter who it is, he's going to take them on. Like, so they're the boys they need.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, one Cork man whose mentality you can't question is Donalogue <laughs> Cusack. Um, he, he was ready for fighting every man. Uh, I, yeah. I just do know about anything as well, but uh, everyone I'm sure has seen this by now. Like it's He, he sort of went on a bit of a monologue uh, before the game. First of all, when, when you've seen it before we even get into it, what was your initial reactions? Did you even see it coming?
0: No, I didn't see it coming because the programme was only after starting and it goes down to Joanne on the sideline and you're watching this and it just takes off. like, And it's like it's... Uh, I thought it was hilarious to watch. like.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really entertaining to be fair. I mean, I think that's... That probably added to the way the start of the game was so dull because you were actually so um, entertained before the match had even started. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like he, listen, he, t- he touched on a, on a lot of subjects but obviously this is based on the, the whole Cork's financial situation, the the renaming of Porky Queen to Super Value um, and he... Basically, the, the essence of, of of the what he was trying to say was that like the GAA need to take responsibility just as much as Cork do. And he mentioned things like you know he compared them to the Tories, uh, the Tories who uh, point the finger at like immigrants. He uh, said that there's too many stadiums. Why do we have all of these stadiums? Mm. You know, he was making so many points you nearly couldn't. What 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 he was trying to say? Yeah,
0: his overall point I suppose was um, about the stadiums, wasn't it? That there's yeah. too many of them. And, like, he probably does have a point that they're not all needed, like, and, mm-hmm. um, like, it he, he, he was a very funny kind of a reference he had there about you're going over to a couple and they have a nice front room but they have no dinner on the table, like. Yeah. Um, like, you take that match the other night and there's only 16,000 people at it. Yeah. Like, the the capacity is up around 50,000, like. hmm Do you know, and it'd be very rare that that would be full... Um a lot of people are saying that the stadium sh- like obviously Munster played in Park Quiv last weekend, but that that should be done more often. Do you yeah, know, yeah, get the most um, out of it. Like do every do every county need these big, huge stadiums that yeah. look his, his point is obviously based on Cork because they're the ones with the thirty million debt because of their stadium. Yeah,
1: and everyone's <laughs> blaming them, you know, like why did you build this stadium when you obviously you know, you don't have the the capacity to, to even try to fill it and, and, and to make the most out of it. Uh, he was sort of, uh, not shifting the blame, but at least trying to share the blame to the GAA with the likes of, um, uh, is it Tony Ryan? Tom Ryan. Tom Ryan. Is, uh, he was the finance director since 2007. He gave the green light for it to go ahead. The GAA gave the green light for it to go ahead. You know, you don't just sign these things off uh, willy-nilly. You know, surely you're looking ahead before you make big decisions like this. So, I mean... It it is an interesting one, you know. And Jackie was sort of on a side, it was, not not for everything, obviously. But uh, I think I think he was in agreement that uh, Cork got himself in this situation, but the GA need to be responsible as well.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's it's probably a bit of both. Like, um, but like it it is like it's it was going to take a Cork man, a Cork person to say that you know that yeah, it's that, not that's his all overlaying all thought, and point because like, yeah. he's obviously trying to look out for the best for for Cork GA players. Do yeah. you know? Um, I don't know it's all he's just uh, he could come out with anything really don't know in fairness but like on the other hand you'd give out about a lot of pundits that do you know it's a bit boring You say nothing that's really that's what a lot of people say nowadays yeah. is that oh, oh the Sunday bring back Ju- Stellan Ju- and Brawley yeah. and like when they were there they, pr- they probably weren't as appreciated yeah. you know there would have been people would have been giving out stink about them because mm-hmm. they didn't agree with them uh, and it's kind of the same for Donald Cusack, like yeah, like everyone loves to give out about him. Yeah. But he is—he's still—he's entertaining to watch, like. And no, I know yeah. sometimes he goes off, <laughs> and he goes overboard, and, uh, you know, maybe there is some there's a bit of a cork bias in it at times, but like it's still, um, and and other people are kind of saying like, like when is Lowe going to run for a chairperson to fix these problems? Like, like his job, in fairness, to him is to be on the television, like so, yeah yeah exactly like. and,
1: and, I, you're, and when you're on the television your job is to highlight these issues yeah so yeah I mean he's doing that he's definitely doing his job but like yeah. no, no no one can say otherwise and if you're uh, on RTE on a on a, a massive show like that then your job's also to be entertaining yeah. and he's doing that as well he's just one of them you love him or you hate him but you're going to watch him
0: they were really on one weren't they and then yeah. they, Joanne got them to talk about the game for, for a few minutes and then the boys just were still kind of pumped up <laughs> and uh Don Log was going on about you know we haven't won the or Pat Ryan can win all the leagues he likes and it won't make any difference. And then Jackie Terrell got stuck into him and told him like 2005 is a long time ago since yeah. he last won in all Ireland. And John <laughs> Log telling him mind your own house, Jackie. Like so, it was it was. even
1: the way they, they turn and face each other. You're like are they squaring up to each other? Yeah, on they TV? were rowing at like, each other yeah. because stick season
0: was playing in the back. I heard that. Yeah, and you could barely. Uh, it was it,
1: such a like a. A juxtaposition, you know, this backdrop of this really cheerfully sort of or yeah. sad song, and, and he was um, kind of roaring at Joanna yeah. as well. <laughs> and in fairness
0: word. to her, she kept her <laughs> composure during it, like because it actually descended into a bit of madness. Like a Jackie Terrell even went off about <laughs> how bad the pitch was at the start, yeah, when Parker Creeve opened. He was yeah. like. Centre of excellence. This was some centre of excellence when (laughs) when the pitch opened and there was holes in the pitch. Like,
1: it was just... And then there's your, like... I mean, it's grand now.
0: (laughs) 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 I thought it was brilliant. I did.
1: I really enjoyed it. To be fair, now, I I have to say I probably enjoyed it even more than the game as much as the game did manage to to save itself. Um, The other match, obviously, was Tipperary v. Galway. This was more like hurling. More hurling that you talk about. A proper shootout. And then (laughs) you'll be happier again, obviously, Tipperary getting the win.
0: Yeah, Tipperary um I suppose they beaten Dublin last week. Um Dublin were poor like so you you weren't going to read too much into that but they definitely um impressed uh yesterday and there was lots of things that um you, like Liam Cahill will be will be very happy about. Um I suppose the the man at the moment is is Garrod O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Um he got twelve points. He scored. He scored one thirty-three in in the last eight days. You know, in in big games, like so the yeah. first two rounds of the league, uh, he's played three games, three full games, hasn't been taken off. So scored twelve points against Dublin, uh, three three from play on last Saturday. Then Wednesday won the Fitzgibbon Cup quarter final for UL against UCC. He's going for his third Fitzgibbon Cup in in three years. So. He's obviously a key man there. He got man of the match that night. And on yesterday was man of the match, was absolutely brilliant. Couldn't miss if he tried. Yeah. He was in that sort of form. Um 113. 113, four from play again. And you know, it would have kind of been a given in Tipperary that when Jason Ford comes back in that he will take over the freeze. But uh Garod O'Connor, I think he missed one free yesterday, it was from about a hundred yards, so he wasn't really um, a favourite to score. But his shooting is just unbelievable. Free yeah. taking unbelievable. Doesn't look like he's ever going to miss. Um and was the same last weekend and was the same for Huell. So he's a huge man. Um a lot of teams are looking for, you know, like we talked about with Cork, the big physical fella who's going to offer something different I suppose mm-hmm. and he is well able to finish as well. So he's he's a if he can keep up that form, he'll be a huge uh, plus for Tip.
1: Yeah, and like when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, about the whole Conor Glass thing, about being such a busy man and all these games. Obviously, he's playing with his club, and then six days out playing uh, for his county, <coughs> captaining them, and stuff like. I mean, this this is on nearly on par with that. You know, with the yeah. the amount of games in such succession, and the high quality games, and the fact that he's the top performer in nearly all of them.
0: Yeah, like if he if he was the one that pulled his hamstring, there'd yeah. been someone getting the blame. Do you know? Yeah. Um, He's obviously getting through it, no bother to me. He's out again um, Wednesday in Dura Bearfield in the Fitzgibbon Cup uh, semi final. Hugh are playing at uh, the University of Galway, so the games keep coming for him. Um, just on that, Pat Ryan had said that he chose not to play uh, Kieran Joyce, uh, Cormac O'Brien, and Brian Hayes uh, for Cork against Kilkenny. They're obviously playing Fitzgibbon as well. Mm. Uh, he said they would have played four games in four games in nine days, so we felt it was prudent not to have them um, involved. So
1: yeah, but it, that seems like common sense when yeah. you say it that way. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of managers don't. Say yeah, it that well,
0: way. yeah, that's it. Like, and when it works out well, like Tip yeah. probably wouldn't won that game without Gerard O'Connor. So like, you can see Liam yeah. Hall why he yeah, played him absolutely. as well, and. He, as you'll you'll see there, see so you're about to read out a quote that's from Tipperary and Galway, uh, from from Liam Cahill there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, you know he's mad to win this league.
1: Yeah, I, I get hit with a lot of questions about the league that it's nearly uh, a dreaded thing now to go and win, and the league from the the way the whole league to the championship is structured. But the national league, I've always said, is a national title, and we in Tip uh, need to start get back to winning and winning silverware. Um, and I, you can see his point there because like there's something to be said about just climbing the steps and lifting a trophy and winning and you know sort of looking at the wasteland of all the teams that you've beaten to, to get there and being able to say we did that we belong here and then taking that mentality in, in, into the championship
0: Yeah well he loves to win that's the kind of mantra he has and it was used against him with his last year at Waterford when they won the league and they came out and had a really poor championship campaign the you know, two or three yeah. weeks after it like so but he's obviously going with the same sort of mantra, wants to build up the bit of confidence and look, um I suppose the we'll see later on in the summer if it's the right way to go about it. But like he's playing a lot of young lads like and they're getting their chance and they're taking their chance. So there's definitely nothing wrong with it. Um and Tipperary people will be will be very happy. Um Girl O'Connor's club mate actually uh from Mind Temple Two Conor Connor Bow is another one of the sort of standout performers for for Tipperary. Um he kind of came onto the scene as a as a corner forward. Uh you know, he 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 won an all Under twenty with Tip and was the main forward um scoring goals the whole time. And he made a move back um to centre back for his club this year in the county championship and he's back to wing back with Tipperary now and going brilliant. Got got two points yesterday um, from wing back, and he was interviewed after the game, and he said it. What this wasn't something that he was he was in great form. In fairness to me, he's like this wasn't something that I brought to the management. It was just one night um, they were playing a game, and the backs were wearing the bibs, and Lean Cal told me to put on a bib, like so. You know, isn't it funny that that's the way a lad can change from mm-hmm. a forward to a back?
1: Yeah, and your whole career is just just taking a sideways step, nearly. That's it. And um, even even your identity, like you know, people see themselves very exactly. much. I'm a forward, and yeah. you know, that's a part of it.
0: Yeah, and and he um he was brilliant yesterday, and was was very good last week as well. So that's another um option for for Tipperary, and another um definitely big boost um for them, like. Like Tipperary, were kinda eager to to get one back on on Galway, having lost, having been knocked out of the championship, and they were so poor that night in the in the Gaelic grounds last year. Um so they were eager to get one back in Galway and they did. They were the better team. Probably classic Tipperary, they let Galway back into the game, having been eight or nine points up after um forty minutes, like but Tipperary that's probably a Problem that Tipperary have is that when they get ahead early on in games, they always always let teams back into the game, and it was level with with five minutes to go. Uh, so definitely um, big boost for them that they were able to see it out. Then then after a bit of a disappointing performance now from Galway, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Des- disappointing as, as as close as the game was, and I know the square line kind of changes. That. What about going for goal there at the end and and making that decision?
0: Yeah, sure. Dead right. Yeah. Yeah. Did just,
1: no, no. Did you have any? thoughts in your head he maybe just
0: gonna well I think he looked over at Liam Cahill um, and he kind of went like this as if he was going to hit it over the bar Uh, maybe that was confused uh, the goalie Uh, or something like that the goalie would obviously have been ready for a shot anyway but um, like if he put it over the bar it would tip would have been three points up like do you know, um, like hardly disastrous, yeah, you know, but exactly. Like, they're still,
1: but that's what makes it cooler that he went for goals. Yeah. you know. Like, that's that's why, you know, yeah, you're just sort of glad that he didn't put the game to bed. yeah. Um, so, and sure, yeah, the way just, he was shooting, like, he was never,
0: yeah, exactly. When he's playing with that confidence, you wouldn't, um, you definitely wouldn't stop him. Um, yeah, Henry Sheffield, I'd say he's slightly frustrated at, you know, different aspects of of how Galway are playing. He talked about, um, their slow start and whether it's like something to do with the warm up and mm-hmm. things like this. Um you know they had a bad loss the Walsh Cup, it probably isn't a big barometer for it to go by, but they had a bad loss to Wexford and that. Um created no goal chance against Tipperary um yesterday. I don't think Barry Hogan had a save to make. Uh, like they were missing a few players, Cahill Mannion obviously a key forward Declan McLaughlin who's been good this year, um, he has a broken bone in his hand or something along those lines, like so Galway to be slightly slightly worried with how with how things are going and you yeah. know it's it's definitely a big year for, for Henry Shefflin there this year.
1: No, it is because like what what you know there was an initial buzz when he took over just because of the player that he was and the the pedigree that he had <laughs> and taking over Galway, a team that um obviously, you know, are, are competing, mm. at least for all Ireland, you know, they're in the conversation. Um and then last couple of years, you know, the Leinster Finals, things like that, like it was like what's the mood around them now? do the, do the people go always still have confidence in them, do you think? I'd say they do.
0: Like um you know they they ran Limerick close two years ago. They looked at half time last year in the semi final that they were mm-hmm. coming with a big one here that they could even knock Limerick out. Obviously, completely faded then in the second half of that semi final, so that was a blow for them. Um, but yeah, like it's his third year there, so like you'd be hoping that there's yeah. if like Kilkenny are going for five in a row Leinster's, you'd be hope the Galway will, at the minimum, you'd imagine that that'll be their aim is to end Kilkenny's dominance there, to win the Leinster Championship, and uh, you know, to get back then. Yeah, to an All Ireland semi-final, and yeah, like it, it's it's just a a big year. Like you know, yeah. uh, you you probably think that this is this could be the if something doesn't happen this year, then like yeah, then where st- are you going? Like you start asking questions,
1: sort of. Yeah. We asked you, the audience, to um, tell us about your worst or most unusual training drill in the GAA, and we've got some whoppers now.
0: We have, we have got some whoppers. Uh, Definitely. Um, there, was, there was one uh, absolute beauty sent into us. Uh, go straight into str- sprints with no warm up. Uh, it was very successful. Only eight out of the twenty pulled a hamstring. So
1: <laughs> I'm more surprised at the twelve. That was quick math. I hope that's right. Uh, that didn't pull a hamstring or pull something. Because imagine I can't imagine getting out of the car for training and sprinting. Do you know what I mean? I'm a, now I'm an old man to be fair, but uh, I. Uh, I need a very thorough warm-up and even just to mentally get myself right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You like the resistance bands and that kind of thing? Oh,
1: yeah. I'm long gone. That's that's where I'm at now. Really? Yeah. I couldn't couldn't function, I don't think, uh, other ways. Everything just seizes up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's brutal. But then I I won't do a cool down. I've always hated them, so I refuse to. So maybe that's my problem. An extra long warm-up, no cool down. Get out of there.
0: Yeah. Well, look... You don't want to be going sprinting straight away at the start of training anyway
1: no, no, I don't want to go sprinting at all, but uh, straight in starter training is is definitely not uh not the place to be um another one here well described uh running at full speed, falling on the ground off the whistle, rolling over and getting up on your feet and then just running on
0: so falling on falling on the ground at the sound of the whistle,
1: yeah. Just And just rolling about and then getting jumping straight back up again. I don't know any science or method behind that. How fast are you running as well? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for.
0: But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: I just running into people. Uh, I had a coach, to be fair, once when, when it was really, we were only kids actually, um, but it was really windy and wet and everyone was sort of like, with their shoulders up to their necks going you know, and no one looked like they were ready for a game. And he made us, he said he say made us, he wasn't like aggressive towards it. Uh, he suggested that we all actually got down on the grass and rolled in it and then got up and then it was sort of like, because you instinctively have like a thing to stay clean and to stay warm. <laughs> um, but then once you're in that stage, maybe releases something to say that you can actually, right, well, you might as well get stuck in now and, get, yeah. and literally get, you know, down and dirty with it. But... uh uh, I, I can't know that that's as close to that defence as I can um, get with that.
0: Yeah, one lad, um, this is obviously a hurler, he said that our manager used to lay out a load of tyres, a row of 10 tyres, and uh, we'd run along and belt each tyre uh, <laughs> as we're passing by it. So that's obviously from the. Like, you wouldn't probably get it in modern hurling because very few lads pull on the ball, even though there was, we did see a few pulls. At the weekend, but uh, you can see the logic in it, you know, getting, yeah. especially for young lads, getting them to swing the hurl and, you know, swing hard. and Well,
1: it'll tire you out, if anything. I, I expect it to be more tiring laying out 10 big tires onto the yeah, pitch. Well, than let, it, yeah. <laughs> that that sounds like a, a nightmare of a drill to set up. Um, But de- definitely uh, thinking outside the box a little bit, you know, very Rocky Balboa-esque.
0: Yeah, yeah. Toughen lads up. Uh, well... I think.
1: Speaking of toughen lads up, I, I've got one that um, I can't to say who <laughs> who it's about or who told me, but uh, apparently a, a known county coach, a really good coach and a really successful one, uh, was a manager, he was sort of starting out in his managerial career, uh, God, that'd be about 10 years ago now, and he was managing a club in Derry and he lined all of the players up and uh, he punched each one of them in the stomach making his journey down and, like, asking them how badly do they want it this year and, like, seeing how they react, you know, if they wince sort or of do they crumble or whatever. And I think it's, like, the idea behind it. Well, I don't really know, to be fair, other than you're maybe just a bit wired. But uh, I don't know, like a conditioning thing. Like, show me literally how much you want it. You're going to have to physically go through this pain. But mm. has the manager ever done that to you now? Was that before a game or what was it? No, I was at a training session.
0: Okay, as so I'm told, as so i just had them around in a circle, and no, in a lane, in, in a straight
1: lane, like, and and then just individually, one by one, takes as he was talking, him, like, takes a free dig in, in the stomach, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just free digs. That was such. A, maybe it was he was annoyed at two or three of them, and everyone got like a pat, and he got a secret dig in at, at the ones he was annoyed at. There's yeah. a good way of getting in and around it, but uh, that's probably a the bit, most mental wouldn't one, yeah.
0: A manager giving a lad a shot, like, but
1: yeah, it, it doesn't sound like. Out of the realms. You know, as, no. as as mad as it is when you think about some of the managers that are floating about or the coaches. Yeah. Some of the wing nuts. Uh but he is very successful. I have to clarify that. Yeah. like and, in fact, unbelievably successful. So, you know, there may be maybe there's something in it. Now.
0: Maybe there is. Um this is probably the best one that was sent into us. It was called Last Man Standing. So um there's two groups. Um and they're standing outside of a square. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there, the the manager calls how many lads that um, are required to run into the square. So he could call, say, three, and three would run in from each group. Um, and this uh, says that whoever... Man, whoever is the last man standing in the square wins. So you just have to knock uh, lads to the ground. So it's a bit of a Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly what it's like, yeah. Royal Rumble. WrestleMania or something.
0: So if you oh. get knocked to the ground, you're, you're gone. Like you're just wrestling lads to the ground.
1: I would not last in that at all. There'll always be one guy that just takes it so far as well. Yeah. <laughs> going in just lumping boys. Well, it'd be,
0: probably be the lad who um, is able to kind of sit in the... Even though it's just a square, you're not really going to be able to hide anywhere. But if yeah. you can... Keep your bib dry, like keep your bib clean. Yeah. Uh you might uh you might have a better chance, like rather than going in all guns blazing. Yeah. Trying to knock out everyone, like.
1: I'm trying to think. I I'd have no tactical approach really for survival. Maybe hold back the run a little bit, try to see if they can push each other out before I can make it to the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That 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 would be my thinking of it. Um then there's some obvious ones. I'm sure we all played this game, the head, shoulders, knees. Uh, in football we usually do it with a ball and maybe do it with a bib Yeah. Uh, you're facing the person in front of you and it's you know, someone else's heads or shoulders or knees and you're obviously Go touching to that ball. part of your body and then when they shout ball it's a race to see who can pick up the ball first but mm. uh, that, that's just good crack I think it's more of a warm up thing like managers do come in every now and again and I think they sense that the the mood in the camps may be yeah, and you low or of, something
0: you kind of lads are kind of lighting up then when yeah. there's a drill like that
1: yeah, that's it. You know. Yeah, he gets it, he maybe maybe he's ran the legs off them the last couple of sessions and yeah. boys are sort of dreading going in and maybe questioning whether they should go to training or not, so they they shake it up a little bit. There's uh, definitely a thinking in it. Um the Malcolm running drill, have you ever done it?
0: Yeah, someone sent this in to us just said it was the hardest um drill that they've ever done. Yeah. Uh, so it's kinda a similar sort of vibe to the Bronco and we know how hard the Bronco is uh, so it's two cones so you're starting, you're, you're starting in midfield yeah. uh, on the line and you have a cone 10 metres um, one side and cone 10 metres the other side um, so you run to the cone 10 metres away from you go down and do a burpee get back up run to the middle do a burpee there run to the other side do a burpee there come Back to the middle, do a burpee there, and then you have one rep done. Um, so a Malcolm is six reps of that, so that's tough going, and especially if that's it's in the muck going. and dirt. Like,
1: yeah, no, that's 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 really tough going. Um, the burpees in general are just awful, and, and the muck and dirt, you know, they pull at your legs and you're trying to get up and going, and then you're gasping for air and you're sprinting to the next cone, and you're no sooner yeah. up that you're down. Oh, yeah, not yeah, and when you're looking sounds- across
0: at other lads and they're. You know yeah. you're competing like that's that's a that's a very tough one, like.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, that's that that that's the winner now for the for, for That the could be the type of
0: thing lads be doing now this time of the year, like when clubs are gradually getting back into training, you know, and you're kinda of putting in the the hard yards like uh definitely wouldn't fancy it like.
1: No, yeah. Um, we were big into a bronco test, what would you would you have done?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kinda it's the Classic. go-to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I prefer that to the Malcolm there.
1: No, I prefer but like, well, the one thing that always annoyed me about the Bronco or even the B test, and this is all the way through underage to now, um, you would do it at the start of the year when you're at your own fittest. Yeah. And then you just wouldn't do it again. Yeah. And the point is to get a score and then do like, I don't know, six weeks of training. Then you do it again, you get a higher score, presumably, because you've done a lot of training mm. and you feel confident then going into the season and you maybe do it again. I don't know in that little period between league and championship or something, but yeah. like it's it's when they don't do it again, then I just think, what what we do that for? Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's always. We'll
1: go back to the hurling here, and we're going to talk about Wexford v Offaly, which is full of uh, talking points. It was a draw in this match, and if you, if you had to say it now at like the start of the game that Offaly were going to get a draw here, probably. Thinking that, that's a good result,
0: no? Yeah, you probably think to be delighted, but then you see the interview with Jason Sampson, their captain, and Killian Kylie after game. Yeah. The, the two boys were nearly
1: distressed, like, yeah, yeah. And, and for good reason, like because obviously, um, awfully, you know, they they gathered a good lead in the first half. They were hurling really, really, really well, and uh, to as a divine or a divine intervention, just to help them out that little bit further, Wexford get two players sent off, you <clears> know, so they're down to thirteen men, but really uh, it was actually Waxford who, who squandered the last ch- chance of the match and it, it ended up a draw so you can see why Offaly uh, are frustrated but we're going to get stuck into those red cards and the Jack O'Connor one in particular because Jack did the um, you know the Abraham Simpson thing when he comes in whistling and then just exits <laughs> yeah, again yeah, straight yeah, away yeah, yeah. he was on the pitch for two full minutes before getting sent off and uh, it was a controversial one it was uh, it's always a
0: controversial one when it's that face guard rule like mm-hmm. so um, the rule is that uh, deliberately pulling on or taking hold of a face guard or any part of an opponent's helmet is a red card yeah um, and he did do that so initially I thought Jack O'Connor was extremely hard done by, because I thought it was actually just a face guard that you had to pull he, like he actually didn't touch the face guard he just put, put his hand on your man's helmet
1: like yes okay
0: so I thought he was extremely hard done by in that sense, but it is pulling or taking hold of any part of the opponent's helmet. Um, Jack Connor was hard done by because he he David King started it by he had a fairly firm hold of Jack Connor's helmet when this mm. high ball is coming down on top of him, and at that stage you can like we've seen so many replays of it, you can see that Jack is kind of. Doesn't know what's going on really, and he's kind of—it's as if he's kind of blinded or stunned a little bit, and he kind of puts his his hand over and just to grab anything because you would like.
1: Yeah, of course you. Yeah.
0: you know when someone's doing that? Yeah, you you just try and grab something. Yeah, and I kind of feel—I feel that he was hard done by now. Um, I it, think the rule—I think the rule is a little bit too. And look, you're going to tell us why why the rule was was brought in. But I think there should be some sort of a distinction between like how hard it's like because there's a big difference between put like giving someone a proper tug on the face guard and like that's extremely dangerous like you can yeah, of course. T- draw their neck any sort of way, um, or or else just kind of like t- basically patting someone and like taking hold of someone's helmet like that's not yeah. dangerous like there has to be some sort of a it probably should be left up to referees like to yeah, distinguish like what is and dangerous and what's not interpretation of like, it nearly, yeah. there's a good reason the rule was was brought in
1: no yeah definitely <clears throat> the rule was brought in in uh, 2014 because of an incident in 2010 between Declan Fanning and Stephen Banville is it yeah from yeah.
0: Wexford that was in a qualifier um, yeah. between Tip and and Wexford
1: and in the incident uh, Fanning had to get 25 stitches in his ear because it was sliced uh, right open people might remember this the, the video was Doing, doing the rounds at the time. Um, Dax's helmet was pulled off and his ear was almost tore in two. Uh, Laura Corbett writes in his book, uh, Peter Merkin had, Merchant had some serious work to attend to in the dressing room and anyone who saw the injury was shocked by it. Declan came back and sat on the bench shaking. He wouldn't play at fullback again that year, but fortunately for him, he was, he, he was just as capable at wingback and that's where he slotted in for the rest of the season. Imagine he was less versatile because he would have missed out and um, so yeah. and then you see the photo even now of 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 his ear and it's all stitched up and 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 the damage that it's done so
0: yeah like 25 stitches is some amount to get in your in your ear like yeah it's uh, such a small part of your ear yeah I that's mean, obviously like um that's why the rule was brought in and yeah. that was uh
1: well when incidents like that come in then you do want to have like a hard fast there there'll be situations where there's yeah grey area and it's, yeah. it's maybe not the fairest thing in the world but at least it prevents any of that yeah yeah, and, and, and possibilities.
0: So that was a, you know, that was a horror show. And um, I suppose after Keith roster, the Wexford manager, he was very sort of measured, and um, like he said that he said that no, no, Jack actually deserved to get sent off. He yeah. said, you know, you grab the face guard, you are going to get red. Um, he did say that I thought the two of them should have went together. Um, from looking back on it there now, and. Yeah, I wouldn't blame Sean Stack for sending Jack off. Like so that was um fairly sporting from from Keith Roster. Um but it was I still think it was O'Connor remeasured. was unlucky to be honest, I have to say.
1: Yeah, well I, I thought that was a very measured interview from him. He said that's the rule, so Jack should have been sent off and he made the very fair point that Jack's um uh, helmet was also being oh yeah. so so it should be both. But like surely the fairest thing there would have been either neither get sent off or both get sent off.
0: Yeah, like the ref obviously didn't see that. Um, king was really discreet in how he did it he kind of had it yeah kind of huddled in over his head yeah. and kind of had it grabbed tight um and sean Sack obviously didn't see it like but like if you're sending jack o'connor off like you 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 need to like you need to have a better kind of understanding of what's going on like and yeah
1: if we're going to make a decision like that. what yeah. what what did you think of the interview process at the end where they Could actually show the manager, you know, what happened. I, I thought that was like a, an added yeah. benefit to, just to the viewing of it, you know, because you always see managers, they always do the old, Oh, I didn't see it, like,
0: yeah, the Arsene Wenger classic, yeah, um, that's it. like it's it's it puts them on the spot, really, doesn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, uh, but then he,
1: he made sure that he made his point of view shared before he saw it, yeah, he said, well, before I seen it, I thought they were both at yeah. it, and then when he seen it, he, he sort of confirmed. Well, that sort of proves my point. So it didn't made him come across very well, but I think it will catch a few managers out if, if they stick with it. Oh, it definitely will. Yeah, some lad mightn't want to see it at all. Like <laughs> no, I. Yeah, they still can't see it because of the rain and just wiping the screen. Yeah. And, um. Then there was a second red card. It was maybe less controversial.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Charlie McGookin was sent off, and it reminded me of John McGrath getting sent off in the 2019 semi-final uh, against Wexford when he was just on the ground and. Man has won the ball in front of him, and you're you're on the ground. You're no use. Like you can't really win the ball. You should probably just quit. Like cut your losses and don't do anything. But John McGrath hit out. I think it was Damien Reck back then, and Charlie McGookin hit out this time. Just gave him man a belt on the shoulder from the ground like so. He was always going to get sent off. Yeah,
1: it's just a bit of a desperate lunge kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was pure desperation. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, so. He had to go, and I suppose that's why Offley from there would have been thinking, like, we we should win this game now that they're down to 13 men, you know, wet conditions, and I suppose that's what will hurt them so much is that they went, probably were right to go for a short poke-out when they were one point up at the last, um, in the dying minutes, mm-hmm. but the short poke-out got intercepted. The goalie kind of sold the cornerback short and... Wexford got in Lee Chin got in and Seamus Casey who has been a huge positive um, for Wexford I think he took the point lovely to to level it up and you know he's he was good for his club this year they got to the county final uh, I'll get Glen Bryan and he looks like a lad who's going to you know come on like Wexford are playing so many um, young lads in the league and a lot of them are are impressing um, and I suppose that's why Keith Rossford won't be too concerned that mm-hmm. you know like Offaly will be a good team they are a good team as well like they have a lot of good young players like Wexford were missing the likes of Liam Ryan Conor McDonald, um Matthew O'Hanlon Liam McGovern, Dermot O'Keefe um, you know so five key players and a few more uh, as well like so and while they will need the youngsters. They definitely do need a few youngsters to to take positions. But they are getting some positives from it too. Like the likes of Keen Malai, Connor Foley, have been very good um, mm-hmm. as well. Like so, like they won't be overly like. While it might be seen as a shock that they didn't win, like they won't be overly concerned. I'd say.
1: Yeah. Um. Afterwards, Keely uh, Keely got man of the match. Isn't that right? Yeah. And he um. I, I noticed during the match, and this is just something that I noticed as someone obviously is. is He's not a big hurling man. Uh he uh he came off for a while with his I I thought he dislocated a finger mm. or he broke a finger and then when I was watching him get his man of the match award, I could see that his knuckle was sort of busted and cut. So maybe that's that's oh, what it was. It? Yeah. But I'm just sort of thinking, um I've actually broken all of my fingers. Weirdly. Uh, either with football or boxing or one car door incident. Um but in hurling, surely, to me. Every game, you're going to stave or break a finger. Because, I mean, the weight of the ball, the catching it at at the pace, you catch it. And then men with sticks are just (laughs) battering you with them. Like, I mean, it it actually blows my mind that jeans aren't aren't all deformed hands. Like, uh, how how common is it or am I...
0: Well, George O'Connor is the famous one from Wexford. His hands are just, like, his fingers, I think he's broken them all and broken his hands so many times. And his hand is uh, completely kind of shattered deformed <laughs> yeah. nearly in that it's like their fingers are curled up um, and I know a few other lads as well who have the fingers kind of it's kind of formed into a little claw like out of breaking it so much like
1: yeah
0: Uh but you probably you wouldn't you wouldn't have it as much like you'd never break it from from catching the ball or really like very very you do, do in football now in fairness yeah
1: because you you, you, some, you just go to catch it and you end up stabbing it that you
0: might you bend know? it back yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah well, right at the, the tip, odd time but, it might happen uh, yeah, but very rarely now. Yeah. Um,
1: no, I just like have such admiration for you. But I, I assume honestly that it happens all the time. Like it's just, and I have seen him coming off, and I was like, how does that not happen more often? Because you have it, and you're like, you know. Talking and diving through people, yeah. battering you with sticks, you know, trying to get this tiny little ball out of your hand, yeah, that's clenched together. So, very impressed Did actually. Did you break and, all yours boxing? No, mostly football, actually, just purely catching. And one Jeez. time, a guy stood in my hand and it broke three of them. So, that, that was a good chunk of them, to be fair. Right. Um, what was I doing on the ground, to be fair? <laughs> so, my, all my own fault, as my, my father would say. Um, and then the, the, one of the other big games that was on uh, television this weekend, uh, was Waterford v. Clare. Obviously, usually, always. Bit of blockbuster there with Davy Fitz uh, playing against or managing against his, 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 own, his county. own county. Yeah, yeah. the
0: Davy Derby, um, <laughs> and it's he hasn't won that in in a good while. Last mm-hmm. two championship games for Wexford against um, Brian Lawrence Clare, and last again at the weekend. You'd you'd imagine he'd be he'd be disappointed by that, especially when it was a home. Um, they're missing a lot of players but a lot of teams are missing a lot of players no more so than Claire who are missing Tony Kelly um, Shane O'Donnell um, Peter Duggan only coming on Um, Mark Rogers wasn't playing probably giving a rest because of the Fitzgibbon Cup on on Wednesday so uh, yeah um, like it was probably not as enjoyable a game as the Tipperary-Galway one but Mm -hmm. was competitive nonetheless and uh, came right down to the to the very last poke out as well. So um, yeah, it was entertaining. Well,
1: that, it does. It's always entertaining when it gets right down. You know, when you're engaged with it for the whole game at at, at, at the very least. I know you want to make a, a particular point on midfielder Paddy Levy.
0: Yeah, Paddy Levy. Um, like he's, I, you've obviously we've been watching him for a ballygunner for the last two or three years, and he's made this kind of a scoop. Uh, I've seen someone call it the, the Paddy Levy Paddle Pass. <laughs> and I think that's the the best name for it like that. Um, it's 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 obviously maybe it was coined as the brick flick initially after Michael Brick Walsh, who's obviously a Waterford legend. And whenever he'd be in trouble, he'd just kind of... There might be a few players around him. He'd just be able to flick the ball rather than having to... Um, you know, take the swing like mm-hmm. where you might get hooked from behind yeah. that he'd just flick it away and obviously as well as that you're never going to get done for throwing the ball because it's flick with the hurl like. Yeah. Um, but it's unconventional. It's yeah. unconventional and yeah. ver- very few actually do it. Yeah. Um, And nobody, nobody does it to the extent that Paddy Levy does it. Well
1: he does it when no one's even on him. Like, just a simple exactly. pass back to the keeper. No yeah. pressure whatsoever. It's just his like uh,
0: instinct. That's his thing like and like, Michael Brick-Walsh was known for it, but he would never have done it. Like, I was planning to come in um, today and count up how many times that Padley Levy actually did it in the game yesterday because it was definitely more than ever, seeing as he was a sweeper yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was getting on the ball a lot. Uh, so I was going to count it up, but Christy O'Connor from the Irish Examiner already did that for me, so it sa- saved me a job. Um, he said that of Levy's 24 plays, he executed the brick flick. I'm calling it the Paddy Paddle. The Paddy Paddle. Paddle Pass, the yes. triple P, uh, the Paddy Paddle Pass. He executed it on seventeen occasions. Um, Levy had more possessions than any other player, twenty-four. Um, much of that was down to him operating as a sweeper, but he had a huge influence in the match and was directly involved to, in the build-up to one-seven, and all scored a point um, himself. Like he was only he was only dispossessed in the match once, like which for a man who was on the ball twenty-four times. Like that's that's very good going. Yeah. Um he's just if the ball comes near him, he's brilliant in, in the breaks to win a break, to come out of a tussle with the ball, and he just never gives away possession. Like he's so safe on the ball. I'd say he's David Fitzgerald's dream player, because David Fitzgerald loves having a sweeper. And this man just seems to be um he's he was brilliant there yesterday and the paddy paddle pass now is going to take take over I'd say because it's a really clever um, and effective skill like
1: yeah hopefully um, people will be trying it up and down the country now uh, Westmead against Limerick uh, Westmead actually put in a, a, a good account of themselves here when I'd sort of checking it on Scorpio that they were winning at a stage sort of in the second half at least anyway but uh, Limerick just doing Limerick things
0: yeah well Limerick like their team isn't as like they're missing uh a load of their, like, first-choice players, you know, but Westmead had, they had, they were going uh, very well. You know, it was 14-all after 15 minutes. Westmead were actually winning um, 14-12 after around 48, coming up to 20 minutes to go, like, and, you know, having been hammered by Galway last weekend in in Pierce Stadium, I suppose they would have been determined to... um, at least be competitive, mm-hmm. and it's probably not ideal when you're coming up against Limerick. But Westmead had them had them under pressure, and it was un- until really they got a, a red card for for David Williams that Limerick kind of started to pull away. Um, and and O'Dalig, um well, that was late on. Now, in in fairness, Limerick probably were pulling away as you'd expect, but um, Donnacha O'Daly got a late goal and. He's obviously a very good player. We've seen him for, for Mona Lean in the All Ireland Intermediate final. He was a man of the match against Turin uh, last year, um, and could be one of these lads who 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 might break through. But um, as we've seen so many times, it's it's a very hard team to break into. That Limerick team, like mm-hmm. you have to be, like even Carl O'Neill, as good as he's been the last few years, he's still probably struggled to he's na- struggled to nail down a, a starting place. Like so, mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of lads chomping at the bit there, but. It was it was a positive display for 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 Westmead, um, and you know they'll 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 definitely take a, a few positives from it.
1: Yeah, one thing that can take positives um, from their match as well is Antrim. Uh, last week they got annihilated really by Limerick, and you know there's almost no shame in that these days. Like it can, it can happen to almost any team, but uh, expectations wouldn't have been too high with Dublin coming to Corrigan Park and Antrim. Uh, well I mean they really should have won this game I mean they, we're talking about uh, awfully kicking themselves Antrim will definitely be kicking themselves at this they lost 121 to 120 just a point in it they were winning uh, in injury time and then a very very late um, you have to say fortunate goal for Dublin uh, got them over the line in the end
0: yeah well well, I'd say Antrim like they would have been expecting to beat Dublin like I'd say that's yeah. the like they wouldn't see this as uh Surprise or anything like that, I'd say they definitely target Dublin, like because Dublin are a team who have been struggling the last few years. Like, um, they were well beaten by Tipperary last week. They're missing a good few players, um, you know, the likes of Keeno Callahan, Ryan McBride, um, there's a few others as well. I know Chris Crummy is coming back, and that's a huge, huge boost to them. Um, he'll be back. He was back in the in the country last last week, like so he'll be he'll be a massive boost for them um, so Antrim would have seen this as you know this was their game to win mm-hmm. and they were so close to doing it
1: yeah no they absolutely were uh, Antrim are actually like, the reason I say that they've got positives to take from this is that when you consider the amount of departures that they've had this year um, like the Elliott boys from uh, Dunloy you know Sean Elliott uh, Keelan Malloy Owen O'Neill Joe Maskey they, they've all departed from the panel this year I think they're travelling uh, Neil McManus is the big one who obviously retired so mm. that's just going to be a huge lift or a huge miss for a plethora of reasons little like what he can do on, on the hurling Bitch and then just his presence in the dressing room and his leadership and things like that but funny I was um, talking to uh, Dominic McKinley or Woody as he's better known one of the the heroes of Antrim, you know, throughout that team in the late 80s and early 90s. And he was sort of telling me that one of the, the probably the biggest loss this year for Antrim and the biggest concern was the departure of uh, Ryan Elliott, the Denoy mm-hmm. goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought that that was a massive, massive loss. And that uh, Tieran Smith from Ballycastle, who's been doing, you know, impressing really well for Ballycastle, you know, he sort of had to be thrust in. And it's a big step up, you know, and, and from what out of the blue, and then it's just so unfortunate as well that you know I think he kind of lost the ball in the sun, you know, in that in, the, in that last hurdle and kind of fumbled it, and that and that's what led to the goal. And um, so, like, it's, it's just that added thing, you know, for Antrim to lose all them players and they're and they are figuring things out and adapting and moving things. Like there were six players in that team that were in or on the under twenty team. So like to lose by a single point to Dublin, you know, like it's not. The worst place in the world to be.
0: No, they'll be sick though because yeah. there's a big chance, um, and you know they're, they're 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 too good to be looking for for moral victories, and I know well they're they're, they're definitely not. Um, were you saying that they're struggling for for goalies in in Antrim as well?
1: Yeah, it's just something Dominic was saying. He's he thinks that they need to make it more of a what's the word like an attractive position for for uh, young players to do. I suppose everyone. But that's an old adage, in anyway. Listen, any sport, no one initially wants to be the goalkeeper, really. But you find someone who's good at it from a young age, and you sort of mould them. Um, but he seems to think that there's there's a shortage. Have you found that?
0: I wouldn't really. No. no, like I'd be surprised that that is the way in in Antrim. I know Ryan Elliott has been a very good goalie the last few years, both for Dunloy and for for Antrim. So so that's um, you know it was this point. It was such a like a lot of goalies can you can drop the ball and it's probably the last thing they want to do. Like is yeah. when the ball's the high ball's coming in and to drop it and it was it was such a scrappy goal. Like it was nearly as if Keena Sullivan kind of rugby tackled him over the line. Then like it was I nearly know. borderline. Um, a foul. Borderline. Like yeah. yeah no it definitely um, was
1: and your heart breaks for him but like like I say he's meant to be a very impressive young man so I'm sure he'll uh, bounce back from that and Antrim will bounce back with with such a young team and then so many players are still to to come back w- from injuries as well uh, that's all we have time for today on the GAR we'll be back next week and there'll be plenty of football as well to talk about um, <laughs> it's not just a hurling show don't worry although I really enjoyed that how did you think I did why would you rate me I'll give you an 8 out of 10 8 out of 10 oof That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Just a reminder that joe.ie have a new podcast. It's called You Must Be Joking with the hilarious Willa White and our very own Eric Lawler. It's a comedy podcast with some brilliant guests lined up. The first episode with Des Bishop came out on Thursday and you can listen to that now. This Thursday, they will be chatting to PJ Gallagher. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app and listen to it after you listen to the G.A.R.